Misfits coming at you from the recycled, not so recycled garage. Uh, I'm here in my apartment and uh, Bagel's awesome garage with the plenty full uh, scooters over there. Many scooters. Holy shit. Yeah, Emma's stuck in traffic right now, so it's just going to be Bagel and I for about 10, 20 minutes, as long as you can stand us. Yeah. And uh, Liza's going to jump in real quick and uh, talk about briefly what's going on on the road. Yeah, so uh, how's the garage today, man? Um, it was cool. It was it was pretty slow. We we had a few people who came in. Um, yeah. There was uh, I forget forget his name. Uh, the guy with the uh, Kawasaki uh, dirt bike. Uh, apparently, he had a magneto problem. It turned out. So oh, so unfortunately, they, they brought the bike in they, or limped it in, and it did not go out under its own power today. But um, I think yeah. I think he's going to look for uh, for for uh, replacement parts and uh, see if he can get it going again. But okay, so it's not that red. It's not that red bike that was on the lift. That was somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, Emma was kicking it, uh, that thing over a little bit, trying to figure out what's going on. I, I saw yeah. John down there too. He had his Harley with him. Yep. He uh, what is it? He had coils or something that went bad. Uh, well, it was something with the electronic ignition. I think um, okay. he'd set it on. Uh, he was like trying out different settings or something and uh, apparently had it on one particular setting that had worked fine for a while, but then for some reason it wasn't firing properly. And so he switched it back to a different setting and it, it ran, it ran great. So um, I think, I don't know if, if that's how they left it or, or what they did from there, but um, yeah, it sounded, it sounded like uh, an interesting uh, electrical malfunction there. Yeah, it's uh, it was like you have some kind of a Sportster Harley thing going on there. Yeah, yeah, it's like a like a Sportster chopper, and um, and he oh, yeah. and he put some kind of electronic ignition on there that you can, uh, I don't know, set up different ignition patterns or something on it. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I was just kind of catching wind of what they were talking about. It sounds like it, it shook itself stupid. That's possible, you know. <laughs> it is a Harley, so you know. <laughs> Well, what's funny is like I, I have this thing now where I pull up to the garage and every time I see somebody with a new tire on their bike, yep. I look at the direction. <laughs> yes. And uh, and like I looked at John's and his front tire is like it's it's like a dirt bike tire or whatever, mm-hmm. and on a Harley, and he's got yeah. a cruiser tire on the rear, but there are like no directional arrows on it. Yeah. And there are no dot markings on it. Huh. So it's just like a, a not a street tire. <laughs> Yeah, it's entirely possible. <laughs> but it's uh, it's, it's pretty cool looking. It's a, it was like a bait something brand tire, and it had yeah, it had very aggressive treads, and it looked like it was going the wrong way. So that was interesting. He was telling me how uh, <clears throat> it's pretty awesome when you're straight up and down, but as you turn in, it gets really loose. And so yeah. I'm like you should take it easy, dude. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, or maybe go back to a street tire on the front. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's interesting because uh, uh, Charlie was uh, changing his tires today too. Yeah, and um, well, well, the first first thing was his rear tire. He like he said he noticed some some drywall cracks in it like a couple like a week or two ago. Yeah. So he ordered some new tires, <clears throat> and before the new tires arrived, big chunks started flying off of his rear tire of the tread, yeah. and it just. Like he said, he felt something kind of bumpy when he was riding it, and he stopped and checked, and like 
there are big pieces missing out of the tread and like down to the cords. Yeah, well, it's like he commutes on that bike over the hill, and, yeah. and it's that's at least fifty plus miles a day, or like a hundred miles a day. And yeah, blasts that thing at like sixty-five, seventy, eighty, you know. And yeah, and if he's pushed it, you know, particularly fast on older tires, you know, yeah. maybe that helped it. You know, accelerate its disintegration. Yeah. But um, but those those were six year old tires. It turned out um, yeah. they're Cinco's, and um, yeah, and that's that's definitely something to be be watchful for, yeah. um, especially with signs of dry, of dry rot like that. Um, you know, if you're going to be going fast, that's definitely something you want to be uh, very careful about. Yeah. Um, and the yeah, other thing, if you too, went to, uh, I think like we are, or is it either we we all ride or or cycle gear or something got a set that to match this super tenere. And uh, sure enough, uh, after we placed the rear tire, we started working on the front one. Yeah. And that was pointed backwards. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, he had six-year-old tires, front one pointing backwards. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we managed to change that out with a little bit of struggle, but it turned out mm-hmm. okay. I mean, yep. you know. Yep, yep. And he was able to ride home on new tires today, so he's all set for work tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And uh, and I I fixed the uh, the rear tire that I had installed backwards on the Buell. So, oh yeah, what what happened with that? Like, did she come by earlier, or did you do um, that your own time? Or well, yeah, I did did that this week at uh, at my house, and oh, okay. um, yeah, so um, so I got that done and uh, and fixed the uh, turn signal that was flopping around. Yeah. So um, yeah, so it's good to go. And I got the bike tour this week. Uh, we went out for a little ride. Um, the other day and and uh she was just totally jazzed about it and right on. and uh we ended off by uh going down west cliff to uh, natural bridges and uh then rode home from there and, yeah uh, so it so was she, like a, a one hour ride or something this is like this is the first time on her motorcycle or like riding a motorbike pretty or? much like she'd done the motorcycle course before and yeah. i think she might have ridden a little bit you know here and there but not she'd never had her own bike and um and so this was the first time that she'd really, you know, gone out on the roads. And like we started out in the parking lots, like near my house, yeah. and just kind of getting her, you know, her bearing straight and, and hey, getting a feel for the bike. Uh, her name is uh, Carlina. Carlina, okay. Yep. And uh, yeah, and she she was just totally stoked about it, and was was so excited. And uh, right on. And, and it was just, and I could I could just tell it was that that feeling of when you first you first take your bike out like on you know your first ride out on the street, yeah. And you just have this feeling of like success and accomplishment, you know. Yeah. Um, it's it's a it's an amazing experience, and it was just really cool to witness that you know yeah. her 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 experiencing that. So so like after she took the uh, the training course, do you know if there was a delay between that and when her, she got her first motorcycle, or did she get like that bike immediately after she graduated? Well, there? well, I think she had taken the course a couple of years ago because she planned to get a bike, but she never did. Yeah. Um, but so then she retook the course, uh, I think, earlier this year. So uh, so it was just like a couple months ago at most, maybe even just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, so she you know passed the course and everything and. Um, so I, you know, I got the bike to her, and and uh, so she's ready to ride now. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I, it was like a year between my MSF and until mm-hmm. I actually got a bike and rode it. Yeah. And so everything I learned was basically effectively almost out of the window. Yeah, it's I had hard to, to basically relearn everything on my own. It still yeah. sucked. I crashed the first time out. It was terrible. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but she did really well, and um, you know she I think she stalled the bike twice, but you know that's 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 to be expected. You know. Yeah. Get it out of the way now. 
Right, right. But she had a good feel for it. And, you know, we went through, we did, you know, a good number of curves and stuff and she was handling them well. Cool. And, um, you know, getting, she got a good feel for the bike and she really, she said it was really comfortable. And uh, so, so I was very happy about that. And, and you did manage to get her some gear from the uh, garage, right? She had yep. some stuff that fit her and it was all right. Yep, exactly. We got totally suited up. She has a uh, uh, jacket, pants, uh, gloves, uh, boots, and she already had helmets. So she's good to go. Right on. Yeah. That's, and, uh, that's, I wish I had that. I wish I had like a community of people who was just enthused about getting people to ride motorcycles. Cause I yeah. jumped in with a, pretty much on my own and I had like a buddy from work kind of show me the ropes, but it was like he had been riding for five plus years. So he was a little bit more advanced than I was. And I was just nervous. I didn't know what the fuck to do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, it's nice to have, people will tell you to like remember your 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 habits or whatever like look slow press roll you know uh use open the throttle slowly and all that stuff just mm-hmm. like give you guidance if you don't have that it's it's fucking nerve-wracking dude it's scary it's like mentally yeah. exhausting and like and you're always thinking about well i don't know if i should do this you know and, yeah yep and you know and it, it it takes a while to to develop that uh you know that kind of second nature of of riding you know yeah. that 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 comes with just with practice and um you know and that's that's basically where you know i you know, was talking to her about about uh you know how she was feeling about riding and everything and yeah you know, and, and she's she's really excited about it so she she's like she wants to go out riding every day so nice. um so i'm like yeah that's that's the way to do it just practice um you know and it can be just a little bit every day or a longer ride if you want you know just whatever you're feeling you know capable of and um you know um and just kind of getting used to it but you know in, in steps you know as you progress and uh but she's she seems like she's really off to a good start and uh seems to be uh very on top of it has has the right level of kind of uh yeah, right level of, of um, I guess, respect and caution uh, with uh, when it comes to riding. So, yeah. so I, I think she'll do well. It's, it's always uh, interesting to, to talk to people and try to sort out their, their balance of like uh, common sense and respect versus enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes like they're just a lot of the times it's, it's like a lot of enthusiasm and not a lot of, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I want to being safe and and yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's great to see someone else uh, getting out there on the road and uh, and really enjoying it. So it's a great feeling. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. Did you do anything cool this week? Did you go? Did you go for a ride or nothing? I saw you were with your Heinkel. Yeah, I just took the oh, Heinkel out today. Uh, it's doing all right. I, I haven't really done uh, much more to it. There's still a few things I need to take care of. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, yeah, I got to still replace the headlight bulb that uh, low beams burn out on. Uh, they still got to get the horn working, um, and just a couple of little things here and there. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's it's running pretty well. Yeah, you didn't take it. I uh, haven't taken it out for a long ride at all. It's just no, uh, not not really. Um, yeah. I've just it's been kind of a quiet week. Um, you know, just had had time off from work and just been work. You know, taking care of stuff around the house and. Right on. Taking it easy. Yeah. So, like, MotoGP is back on, and um, mm. after like an eight month hiatus, they raced in um, Hareth, and it oh, was wow. a great race. I'm not going to spoil it, but there were injuries in that race, and like pretty big ones. So people were breaking femur, or uh, uh, what's this bone right here? Um, the, the radius? No, not the old. Uh, the hum- uh, uh, fe- no. Not femur. 
I forget. Your big arm bone, the one that, yeah, the that, upper arm, <laughs> the upper arm, the the part that connects to the shoulder to the elbow, that thing. Yep, that thing. <laughs> the rad radio, radio radula, fucking I don't know, whatever. Anyway, I, I don't know. I, I I'm not a doctor. <laughs> yeah, well, what's crazy? I was thinking about like how um, when I you know took my spill, it took me almost like almost three months to get anything squared away, and it still feels weird. But you have these people yeah. who are professional racers that um, they'll crash and then like a week later they're racing again because the doctor somehow, you know, what do they put stem cells in there or something? They'll just, they'll just, <laughs> plate, they'll just plate you and give you a whole bunch of, you know, uh, cortisol and cortisone and uh, go make your million dollars running motorcycles for a living. It's just kind of nuts. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what they're doing or how they're doing it, but I, I, I would think that you would need to have a solid bone in there to be able to ride yeah you know properly and and not do further damage to yourself yeah well i mean the thing is like i can't think of any other sport that um that does it you know like if you're a hockey player or something you hurt yourself Mm -hmm. it's like you break something you're out like half a season or whatever or more yeah or more and but like yeah i'm a motorcycle i break my collarbone like they plate me and then like a week later two weeks later i'm doing the same thing run around circles again well it's just wild man maybe if they figure if if they screw it together it's it's strong enough to hold for for racing purposes as long as you don't crash again yeah i guess it's it's different right it's like you're not it's it's a different kind of physical activity it's like you're not making jump shots or body checking people just don't crash kind of a thing yeah but that's an awful big risk you're taking because if you do yeah and it's all for our entertainment purposes which is which is kind of a strange thing, but that's yeah. just how that works. Yeah, and, and you know other reasons too, I'm sure. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 a big price to pay potentially. Yeah. Hey, so we've got somebody calling in uh, in a minute here. We got our friend Liza. Hey, everyone. Hey, I'm here with. Get them in the picture. I'm, I will. Oh. I'm introducing. Hey, I got Jim here. Say hey. Oh, Jim. <laughs> you guys. Remember Trev and Aaron? Yeah. Yeah. How's it going? What's up, y'all? How you doing? Show me the cool garage. Yeah. Look at what cool bikes we got here. What? Oh, my God. Cool, cool. Oh, yeah. And there's even more. Oh, and the cool Jeep. We're somewhere in Nebraska. I'm not sure. (laughs) We drove a long time. Wow. I think we're still in Colorado. And uh, just to give you an update real quick, I know we'll have lots of stories, but... um, we did some great riding in Utah near Zion. Almost died from the heat. It was like 104. Oh, damn. Then we got here. Not so bad. Uh, today we went up Pikes Peak, and I almost died because of a marmot that oh. ran out in front of me. And there are no guardrails. Let me tell you something. Nope. Nope. <laughs> you can go right and, off the edge. <laughs> and then we got caught in our first hailstorm. And then we got down off the mountain, dried off, decided to go up another mountain on the and dirt got caught in another hailstorm and lightning and then i think we were shot at by somebody we're just touching base and then we're bouncing out because we're going to go to dinner with these lovely people ah gotcha we are still alive exactly so that's our update watch out for marmots that's my uh, tip of the day so why is it every time you guys are out, you almost die? What's going on with that? Because <laughs> we don't have a good time. We don't sit in our apartment all day like some other people. Oh, oh shit. Hey, we're going to go. I just wanted to give you the update, and cool. we'll keep checking in with you. All right, so you got another week on the road? Have a good day. More than that, son. Oh. 
All right. Yeah, more than that. We're going to go spend a week in South Dakota. All right. So uh, eat some fried chicken for me. When you get to the fried chicken <laughs> capital of the world. All right. Will do. All right. All right. All right. All right see you. Later. Later. Okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a trip. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they always almost die. They always almost die. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's a road trip for you. That's when you know it's an adventure, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, shit, man. I remember like going to Austin at at, at night, and I was uh, with my buddy Nick. Uh, we were on a motorcycle trip to Austin. It was late at night, and I was like this close to hitting a coyote. I swear to God, I could oh, see ticks on its ass, and I was. It was just. It was one of those weird kind of a, a lot of weird shit happens on the road. Mm-hmm. And you don't think about like, hey, I probably could have died, but yeah. like, you just don't think about it. And you just do your thing, you know. And oh yeah, um, a friend of mine, he he wrecked in the middle of uh, the Nevada desert uh, when a rabbit ran out and got caught in his front wheel. Oh shit! And, and basically locked it up, and he went down on the on the highway and like slid on his on his stomach, and you know got got pretty you know pretty messed up. Hello, Emma. Hey, look Come who on, What? What's up? Can you hear us? Yeah, I think so. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, yes, we're here. Welcome. Yeah, we were just talking about road trips and how we sometimes almost die on these road trips, but you just kind of like put it in the back of your head and you keep going. But uh, yeah, but thankfully my friend was okay and he, you know, he recovered, you know, but had had some had some pretty bad road rash from that. And mm-hmm. uh, and then when I was riding through the same, I think probably the same highway in the Nevada desert, I was thinking about that the whole time as I was seeing rabbits running across the road. And, and this yeah. is well, when I was, it was this was at night. And um, and and then as I was coming into the town where I was going to gas up, I saw like these kind of like looked like deer off to the side. Chupacabras. No, no, there was one right by the side of the road that I came past, but it was like two and a half times the size of a deer. Oh my God. I was like, holy crap, that's one big deer. <laughs> that was not a deer, that was an elk. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, like right by the side of the road. And I was, I was just like, oh shit, I do not want to hit that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, did you like slow down or you just said, well, I'm just going to keep going because I got a big time? Well, I, I, it definitely, you know, like, made me much more alert and i i definitely slowed down a bit just to make sure i was able to see what was up ahead yeah <clears throat> but um but yeah that was uh, a definite pucker moment yeah um and then when i got in i saw a uh, a car there with a couple who had hit an elk and the whole right side of the car was just caved in and uh yeah so luckily they were okay but the car was not yeah those things get fucking huge man Yep. So, Emma, what's going on? You got delayed in traffic a little bit? Yeah, I got stuck in traffic a little bit. You know, there's a lot of people out and about on the roads. But yeah. that's okay. Here well, I am. Yeah, what's, what's happening? What do you want to talk about? We were just trying to figure out what the hell to talk about since we don't really have a skeleton <laughs> or format that we're, we're dealing <laughs> well, with. Well, you know, we can talk about what we did today. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we want to get some more details about it because a fella came in with a red Kawasaki that had... Uh, issues magneto problems yeah and you know it's it's a shame this is a bike he got quite cheaply and it's it's got multiple problems not least of which you know one is the uh, um, magneto it's got no spark and we're just we're just trying to get through the problems i mean he's put crank seals in it 
He's rebuilt the carburetor. It's been running like a three-legged horse for the last month or so, mm. and I suspect he's really had some, some ignition problems. Mm. But it's, it's barely sparking at low speeds, and then when you rev it up, it, you know, the spark really gets strong. Um, but we'll get there. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Biggest trouble is with, you know, 40-year-old two-strokes is getting parts, of course. Yeah. yeah. Was that not our common bike or even still? No. Oh, Lord, no. You know, yeah, by 1980, the, the craze for dual-sport bikes, small two-stroke dual-sport bikes, was kind of waning in America. Yeah. You know, back in the early 70s, there was a ton of people messing around on these things. But by the time that Kawasaki rolled off the line, which was 1980, you know, it was definitely on the wane. So, yeah. um, you know... We'll find something or other. I was just actually on Fleabay, and there's somebody selling a brand-new OEM alternator. But it is not cheap. It's in Bulgaria. And they are asking, (laughs) oh, yeah, $648 plus $8721 shipping. Oh, my goodness. What? Yeah, but that's brand-new, new old stock. And it comes with... Oh, no, I think it actually just comes with a flywheel. Yep, it's just the flywheel only. Wow. Jeez. Wow. I feel like you could, like, talk to a machinist and he could probably cobble one up for you for a lot cheaper than that. <laughs> oh, I'm quite sure he could. Well, yikes. You know, but we'll fi- I was going to say, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, I don't like... Um, that's interesting. Um, somebody's texting me in. Um, yeah, I don't like bikes not being ridden out of the garage. You know, it's, yeah. it's rare somebody pushes a bike in and either has to leave it or pushes it home. And this is one of them. So I've got a bug in my butt now. Oh, for sure. Hmm. So, uh, John also had issues with his Harley. Do you know what was going Yeah, John had issues with his Harley. He also had ignition issues. He's got a diner ignition on it. And mm-hmm. so we, we, he bought a new ignition. He's pretty much been through all of that. He bought the, a coil first, and that didn't cure it. And then yeah. um, put new leads on it, of course, which didn't cure it. Do you know what uh, kind of Harley it was that he has? Yeah, he's got a Sportster. Okay. He's got an 883 Sportster that's got a 1200 kit on it. Got it. And um, he finally broke down and bought a new Diner ignition for it. And so we put that on and set it up. And, of course, John being John is, oh, let's set everything to the most aggressive. And I'm like, just hang on. <laughs> just hang on. But he's, oh, no, no, no. So he set everything to the most aggressive. And, of course, yeah, it ran what, terribly. What does that exactly mean, the most aggressive? Like, there's just, there's, like, rats inside it now? Like, there's, like, sharks? Like, there's, do sharks come out of the tailpipe in the most aggressive setting? Or yes, I believe so. <laughs> I believe so. And it shoots laser beams out <clears throat> right. of a headlight. Um, no, it's all about the advanced curve because okay. basically the way an ignition system works on a bike, it's got, it's got two fixed settings. And the one fixed setting is when it's fully advanced. Mm-hmm. And that can be as much as 35 or 40 degrees before top dead center, which basically means as the flywheel comes round, before the piston reaches the top, the crank trigger or the points, whatever, will open and send a spark. Now, the second fixed setting 
is when it's fully retarded. And when it's fully retarded, it's usually at very low idle speeds. And that's a lot closer to top dead center. That can be about maybe five degrees. Mm-hmm. Now, once you set up the timing, those two don't change. But what does change is the time it gets from five degrees before top dead center to 40 degrees. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stuff going on there. There's throttle input, there's engine input. If you think about it, in an ideal situation, you'd open the throttle nice and calmly and bring your revs up nice and smoothly and everything would be wonderful. But in the real world, sometimes we accelerate very gently. So there's a lot of revs going on with a small throttle input. Mm-hmm. Conversely, sometimes you want to get somewhere right quick. So you whack the throttle open and the engine hasn't spun up yet. So that we call that the advanced curve between maximum retard and maximum advance. The, the time it takes to get between these two, that's the advanced curve. And on a, an electronic ignition, you can actually change that. Right. If it's mechanical, you really don't. It's, it's usually controlled by bob weights and centrifugal force. So obviously, as the engine spins up faster, the bob weights come out and advance everything. Yeah. And you can change the springs, and it changes a little bit. But you could really fine-tune this thing. And I found by setting it on pretty much the most gentle advance curve, um, it ran great. And, yeah. Um, his big trouble was he had this rattle, which he was convinced it was pinging. And if it pings, if an engine pings, if you've ever experienced that, you wind it on, you give it a lot of throttle input, and it sounds almost like a baby's rattle in the engine. Yep. And it's mm-hmm. pre-ignition. The engine's hunting for combustion, mm-hmm. and you hear this rattle inside the engine. Usually, there's few things. The engine can be running lean. The engine can be overheating. The ignition timing can be set too far advanced. Um, or the advanced curve can be too aggressive. So he was going down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. What the reality was, he had a loose baffle in the exhaust. Huh. Yeah, and was, yeah. <laughs> and it was fooling him. Yeah, you know what was, was I had I rode my XR today like went on a real ride for the first time in months and uh, after I, I dumped the bike I rode it in the hills and I kept hearing this clinking noise and I'm like oh my god is, are those my rockers or whatever and yeah. I realized it was just like my clutch lever hitting the handguards because the handguards got bent forward and mm. it was just rattling on the handguards. Oh, you yeah. can I'm like go. Jesus. <laughs> absolutely bananas with this the the old single cam 750 hondas were a nightmare yeah because they had this quite sophisticated setup to seal the exhaust you had this like little stub that came off and Mm. it was held by two countersunk screws and then it was only about an inch long and then the exhaust pipe kind of clamped around that yeah it was very very hard to get it gas tight the problem is when they leak, they spit and it sounds like a rattly tappet. Yeah. And they sound exactly the same whether they're spitting out the exhaust or the tappet set too big. And if you get it wrong, you look, what the hell's my bike doing? Yeah. And then you've got the whole, well, the cam's going flat as well. Because believe me, they did that because they're very greedy. 
750 Hondas were very, very greedy for the cam. So, you know, you've got all these things going on. It's like, geez, what do I do first? Um, but, he, you know, he got there in the end. He, re he rode it away. Yeah. Um, and he was reasonably happy with how his, his sports was running. But I tell you what, he rides that thing hard. Yeah. Do you remember what brand of the front tire was he had on his bike? It wasn't a dot legal tire, was it? It was like some kind of weird dirt bike. No, it was a flat track tire. Was it a flat track tire? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was a flat yeah, track tire. Okay. That was an 18, wasn't it? Or like a... I think so. No, it might even be a 21. What? That's crazy. Okay. Because when he... When he first showed up on that bike, when it was brush-painted gold, which I actually liked, um, he, he'd bought it from an older guy, I think, and it got British tires on it, got Avon SMs, which are almost like sidecar tires. Hmm. And the back one was really square section. Mm -hmm. The front one was just super skinny and ribbed. It was a really old-fashioned yep. tire. I remember this. Buy them new, but a very old school. And, of course, he's worn them out over the years. And I think, yeah, he showed up with his <laughs> friggin' flat track tire on the front. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, was, he was telling me that uh, it was hard to turn in, but once you're sideways, the thing got super sketchy. Yes. So, like, okay, oh, just be careful, dude. Like, don't I'm, glad, I'm glad he said that, because he looked kind of hurt. Because he said, oh, Emma, do you want to test ride it? And I said, hell no, this thing's a death trap. <laughs> and he, looked, he actually looked quite hurt. <laughs> However, having told you that not yeah. one hour later, Nock, I'm kind of, I feel better. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, that's, I guess if you own a bike like that, the fact that it's a death trap and nobody wants to ride it, that's kind of like a point of pride, right? Like, I'm kind of a badass. I can ride a fucking shit trap death machine and no one else really wants to and i'm like this is kind of my bag like well you know we we had a little talk about his commute because yeah. he commutes to the bay area over highway 17 oh, and, and, oh and, my and, god yes and for people who are listening who don't know this area highway 17 is um i mean it's a highway it's two lanes, so you've basically got a number one and a number two lane, fast and slow, going in both directions. There's a central barrier of sorts, but it's low. Um, the central barrier only showed up about 30 years ago. Before then, there was nothing in the middle. And it's a fast road, and it, it goes up and over the Santa Cruz Mountain. So it goes up to what, 5,000 feet? No, 3,000 oh. feet? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, about three. Some it's like three, three and a half to almost 4,000, something like that. So it goes from sea level up to 4,000 feet in like 10, 15 miles and then drops down the other side. And there's plenty of switchbacks. So it's a gnarly road. Mm -hmm. And he, <laughs> I was saying, John, you know, you ride this thing kind of hard. And he said, he kind of reflected on that for a minute. And he said, yeah, you know, he said, last week I was passing all the sport bikes on the curves uh. and i was thinking to myself yeah maybe it's time for me to back off a bit yeah. <laughs> or get a bike that's just you know more capable or, or whatever well i don't know he backing off is like the smart yeah yeah because <laughs> he he makes it work for him yeah 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 you know um and who else well charlie came down of course and fitted some tires and took all damn day over it <laughs> so if you want to blame anyone for me being late, blame Charlie. 
Yeah. <laughs> what time did you show up in the garage? What's that? What time did you show up at the garage? I showed up at 11. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the garage opened on time. And then, you know, we came up with this grand plan of, well, let's close up the garage at 4.30 so we've got plenty of time to the podcast. Right. Well, at... Five o'clock, I'm still, in, still watching Charlie do the finishing touches to his tires. Mm. And Charlie's, well, I'll lock up. And I'm, no, that is not how it works, Charlie. <laughs> I promised Liza I would lock up the garage, and I'm going to lock up the garage. Oh, whoa, whoa, okay then. <laughs> so there you go. Well, it's, it's funny because uh, he got those tires on, and he didn't have any weights, wheel weights. Oh, yes. I like half expected them. They all miraculously balanced themselves. <laughs> like, God. Well, 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 the rear did, actually. <laughs> yeah, you get lucky, right? You get Sometimes. lucky. And depending on what brand of tire, they're usually pretty well balanced. Like, uh, the Pearlies that I use, they balance pretty good. I'm always, they're always mostly pretty good. But, like, mm-hmm. come on, Charlie. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, well he, thought, he thought there were weights at the garage. He didn't have any fucking weights. Like, yeah. Well, know, he, thought, we, he thought there we were weights really at the garage. really should get some weights yeah 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 i left I left some uh a couple of strips for the garage to oh, cool. them off, but yeah but you know i figured out the problem with our tire machine because we we've got one of those uh harbor freight tire machines yeah and it's actually quite sound but it's simply too high and, yeah yeah and what they've done is they thought well the best place to fit a tire is kind of at how would you describe it? You know, belly height, chest yeah, height. It's, just, it's almost a little bit higher than maybe like six inches higher than belly high, which is I think still too too high. Right, but the problem mm. is it's it's so damn rickety because mm-hmm. you're doing you're really working with it. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be almost better is if we took like two, even three feet out of it and just made it so it's off the ground. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I mean, you could totally do just cut a section out and just re-weld the, uh, the tube. Right. I mean, up until I got into tire machines, and believe me, I love my tire machine at work now, mm-hmm. but I'd always fit tires on the floor. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. knees, feet, you know, a friend's boot. Yeah. These are all helpful tools when you're fitting tires. Indeed. You know? Yeah. I can't remember the amount of times when I'm fitting a tire... And I've got, I've got my knees completely spread, and I'm mashing down on the on the sidewall of the tire. Yeah. And I ask a friend to come in behind me and stick his boot between my butt cheeks and push down that middle part that I can't get to with my knees. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah before I got my tire machine, I used to just like stand on the on the tire, like on the, you know, to get it to suck it in the uh, in the uh, right, and just start ironing it on there, but. Yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's a weird machine because it's not mounted on the floor. It's mounted on a sheet of plywood, and somebody has to stand strategically so the thing doesn't fucking rotate around. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is really quite hokey and dangerous, which yeah. is a really good analogy for everything we do at the garage. Really, so it's perfect, you know. Yeah, exactly. It suits <laughs> us very, very well. Yeah. Um, has anybody actually heard from Liza? Has she been eaten by a bear yet? Yeah, we just uh, got a call from her. She's in the middle of bumfuck North Dakota. Some one of the one of the Dakotas. Where was Somewhere one of the Dakotas? I forget. Yeah, and, and to to all our listeners in the Dakotas, 
Um, the Dakotas are not bumfuck nowhere. I'm sure they're very, very nice. I would like to visit yeah. you all one day. Well, I'm just saying that she's a bumfuck somewhere. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. As opposed to a generalization that the Dakotas right. are an awful place. Okay, very good. Um, so she's, her and Jim are having a good time so far? Yeah, apparently they, um, they almost died a couple of times. I don't know how exaggerated. Oh, very good. Yes, marmots were involved. Yeah. What were involved? Marmots were involved. Marmots. Oh, really? Marmots in Pikes Peak with no railing was involved. <laughs> so. Well, very good. Well, yeah. it sounds like she's having an absolutely splendid time. Yeah, hey, I wanted to ask you a question, uh, some health questions regarding your like lower back and the, the one time that you uh, wrecked that trident. Yes. Like, how long did it take you? Because like, when that shit happened, you were going uh, through other medical stuff. And like, I- I'd imagine that compounded. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, inevitably not. I mean, I don't want to sound like a hypochondriac because that's the one thing I'm not. But the fact is that I'm nearly 60. You're meant to say you don't look it, dear. You don't look we'll it, dear. We'll edit that in. Thank you. <laughs> we'll edit that in. Um, but... The fact is, I mean, everyone's got underlying health conditions of some description or another. And I've fought some pretty big health battles in the last decade. Yeah. And it does affect your ability to heal because, you know, your body is a wonderful healing machine. And I've always been what I call, what my mum would say, Emma, you're a good healer. Mm -hmm. So if I fall off my moped, and just mm-hmm. peel open my leg like a banana. I'd <laughs> stick it back on and wrap it up. And generally, you know, two or three weeks later, I'd be good as new. Sure. Um, so I've always been very, very good at healing, but your body has only so much ability to heal. So if it's fighting one thing and you just kind of introduce something else. So when I wrecked the trident, um, I'd got my underlying stuff that I just deal with on a daily basis, um, which I'm not going to talk about here because it's nothing to do with bikes. Then on top of that, I'd got my back injury from the Christmas before. And then suddenly I've just got this destroyed rotator cuff and three fractures in my, in my shoulder. Mm. And it's like, and my body's going, what the fuck are you doing, Emma? Yeah. You know, and it did. It's, I mean, there's two ways to look at it. I was, um, I would say I was injured for six months. I would describe my my status as injured for six months. Mm -hmm. I made a recovery that is good in 12. But you could argue I'll never be the same again. Yeah. Um, my shoulder's a great barometer. Mm. And it's funny, you know, out of all the, all the wrecks I've had over the years, and believe me, I've had plenty, that one on the Trident was the worst. Yeah, you weren't going very fast, were you? you were I was like... doing about 40. Oh, you are going 40? Jesus, okay. Yeah. But it was by far, in terms of what it actually did to me, it was by far the worst. Yeah, And just the sheer volume of what it did to me, because it wasn't just the shoulder, it's mm. just road rash this 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 but i was so lucky yeah, you know I, yeah. I could have smashed my noggin yeah. in which case i'd be like oh, no. so you know it's like yeah i i got away i still regard myself as very very lucky i was also extremely stupid to be riding a bike like that yeah um but 
you know, I, w- I, w- I s- looking back, I still regard myself as lucky to get away with it as I did. Yeah, I think I think a lot of us are in retro. Yeah, like, oh, like you didn't have a concussion or nothing, did you? No, no, yeah. I didn't hit my head at all. That's one of the things I'm kind of worried about. I've hit myself on the ground pretty hard in all these years. I've been lucky that I've never seen stars mm-hmm. or, or like a lose memory of, of what happened during and after the event, you know? Mm-hmm. So it still kind of sort of works in there. I like to think, I mean, I, I can't say because when you wreck a bike, things happen very, very quickly. I mean, really quickly. Yeah. And... A lot of what you do is just sheer, um, I suppose, instinct, for Mm -hmm. want of a better term. And I like to think as you're going down, your body's saying, protect your head, protect your head, protect your head. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what happened, and that's what's happened to you. Yeah, Um, yeah. I mean, I remember just, I used to take, like, um, martial arts classes as a kid, so, like, Somewhere down the the very past, I learned how to fall kind of good-ish. You know, like uh, I learned how to professionally <laughs> tuck and roll a little bit. So it, so maybe that helped, but like you can't rely on that. Sometimes just you, you get a bad fall and then it fucks with your head, you know, and it's not a fun time. Right, exactly. And then, you know, the next, the next thing you know, you're like yeah. having difficulty stringing a sentence together, which ain't good. No, um, yeah. Yeah. cognitive decline, and when you're like, it's like you'll have cognitive decline, but then you start noticing you actually realizing um, I can't think, I don't remember what these words mean, or I can't read this piece of paper or whatever. Oh, I'm there now, darling. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm absolutely. What did you say your name was again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, because we were just we kind of just brought this up because uh, we were watching MotoGP, or I was watching MotoGP earlier, and there were some crazy ass wrecks. And and these guys, considering that they're you know they're the super athletes, they're top paid riders, um, they'll break a collarbone and they'll have it plated and they'll give them some shots and like two weeks later they're back on the bike. And I'm because like thinking like this doesn't happen in any other sport really for the most part because like, that's their living. Yeah, yeah, mm. that's their living, and you know it's what I'm amazed say is in football. And when I say football, um, I mean the American football. Mm-hmm. Um, why there aren't more career-ending injuries? Yeah. Hmm. You know, because you rarely hear of that. But, I mean, you know, yeah. you've got big three, four-hundred-pound guys just crashing into each other like frigging runaway locomotives. And, you know, as tough as a bro- bone structure is, it can only take so much. So I'm I'm really surprised by that. Well, from uh, what I understand with football too, there's like really high incidence of people with CTE and like yeah. just lots of brain damage, just scar tissue in your skull from getting rattled around a whole bunch. Well, that's it because your yeah. your brain is smaller than your skull. Yeah. And so whenever you come to a dead stop, it rattles around in there and that's that's what you've got to watch. Um funnily enough, I, when the craze for bungee jumping first started. They were trying to figure out oh, the exact no. elasticity. There oh, were man. people getting brain damage from bungee yeah. jumping oh, because, you know, the jump and, you know, the elastic would snap 
not mm. snap completely, but snap back. Right. And you just get that rattle in your brain. And then mm-hmm. before you know it, you, now you've got a concussion. And you're like, where am I? Who am I? Why am I, man? Yeah. yeah. And you ask the existential wow. questions about life in the universe. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you've got to look after it. You know, we need to look at None of us are getting any younger. No, we're not. Because yep. you're 40 now, aren't you? 41. 41. I am, uh, I am like when we have dinners, it's like knock hangs out with young people. <laughs> All right. Very good. Bagel. I'm 48. Wow. I'm 48. And I am the old woman of the group by a <laughs> long chalk. <laughs> I'm the baby. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, I'm, with, with age comes wisdom, they say. Mm-hmm. So they say. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm working on Allegedly. it. Allegedly. <laughs> But you know, I am willing to. I'm willing to take the risk. If you ask me if my writing has changed over the last few years, of course I'd say yes. Of course, because you know, if nothing else, I've become more aware of the risks and I write accordingly. Yeah. Would I ever consider give up riding a motorcycle? Never. Never in a million years. Yeah, but my my secret plan, or not secret plan, is the the, the long term goal is to be able to do this until I fucking die. Like, you know what I mean? Like, have this until, like, as long as possible. And there's absolutely no reason why not. Yeah. And we we all think, well, you know, sooner or later you're not going to be able to hold up a bike. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see there are thousands of cases of old men and women who are riding around on Harley trikes or Goldwing trikes to prove that point. However... They have gotten used to riding giant Harleys and giant Goldwings, and they can't hold those up. Right. There is absolutely no reason, Nock, yeah. why you shouldn't be riding a supermoto well into your 70s. And yeah. the same with you, Bagel. I mean, a scooter is not a physically demanding bike to ride. It requires a certain amount of cognitive ability, especially if it's a manual, like yeah. your Heinkel. Sure. But, you know, having done that for years, you know, that's second right. nature. So. But physically, it's not like you're trying to hold up an 800-pound oh, yeah. bike. Yeah. That's um, doable. You know, and it's funny. It's, it's, I'm kind of – I'm not saying going down that rabbit hole now, but there are times when I find that goozy – you know, I think about the weight. Yeah. Um. Is it like the catching your foot and then like um, putting your foot down on a... Well, you know, it's just the, sh- it's sheer, it's the sheer momentum of it, especially at low speed. It's a big thing to lug about. Um, it's, it's physically large. It's physically quite heavy. The torque reaction off the engine is just wicked. Yeah. So, um, you know, the Trident I'm building may be its replacement. Hmm. You know, um, give me a lighter bicycle or a motorcycle, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, the Trident theoretically is 150 pounds lighter. Um, That's big. Wow, so it's a, it's a good amount lighter, but I'm giving up 80 horsepower for really 50, yeah. so I'm giving away a lot of horsepower, but then I've still got the RF if I want to go quick. Yeah, 50 is reasonable, though. 50 is reasonable. Like, how much would that weigh with 50 horsepower again? 
Uh, try, yeah, Trident's four hundred pounds less. Okay, yeah, that's that's reasonable. No, it's stout. Yeah. You know, yeah. they they're they're stout performers. Yeah. But of course, it's a vintage British bike, so you know, any time you make it across a parking lot without something falling off, you know, it's <laughs> it's a good cause for celebration. Yeah. But I'm I'm just happy to have a vintage British bike back in my garage again. Yeah. Um, Very you. <laughs> well, you know, I've said it over and over and over again. Much as I love Japanese bikes, I love Italian bikes. My heart's always going to be with a domestic product. Always. Oh, for sure. And particularly bikes of a certain era, because it's not just the fact that it's English. It's not just, oh, good show and all that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a time and a place. And it's remembering all my friends who are still with us and all my friends who are not still with us. Yeah. And, you know, Saturday nights down the pub and my sister's friends and my brother's friends. And, you know, it's, it, it, it's a time and a place. It's a really nostalgic journey. Um, there's something definitely awesome to be – there's something cool to be said about riding a time capsule almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and they're just so familiar. I, I remember I was pulling a 650 BSA engine apart at work. And the service manager was watching me do this. And he's, he's like, this is so familiar to you, isn't it, Emma? Mm -hmm. There's no, you're, you're putting in, you're doing a beautiful job, but you're not struggling at all with it, are you? I said, no, this is like, this is the easiest thing in the world for me. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm very much in my happy place and, you know, you just pull it down and mic everything up and, oh, yeah, this is good and this is good, this is good, you know. I've got Norton Commando engine in bits on my bench at home and I am in hog heaven. I'm absolutely loving it. I'm doing main bearings and shells and um, new new timing chain in it and I'll set everything up nicely and then I'll give it back to the client and he's going to build up a, um, uh, um, a top end. Nice. Right on. Cool. So yeah, you're, you're keeping busy down there. We're all good. Oh yeah. Oh yes. No, we're busy at the misfits. We're busy at work. I'm busy at home. You know, there's, there's plenty going on. Yeah. yeah. Is, there, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? I'm ready to just wrap it up here. Since we don't really have a lot going on today. Well, no, it's been a quieter day. Um, yeah. I, I did want to mention, you know, Scott came by today. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, right, yeah. yeah. And um, Scott has a child, Ben. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Ben gave us the most delightful little 133rd scale Honda Super Cub which I'm yeah. guessing is like an early 60s one. It is the most beautiful little thing. And I was told by Scott that it actually came from the Honda Museum itself in Japan. Wow. Very cool. All right. Nice. So it's going to take pride of place in the uh, train and motorcycle room. Excellent. When well, Liza comes back, but I want to say so. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for thinking of us. Yeah, thanks. I, I know Ben listens Hi. to the podcast fairly religiously. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, I think that's it. Quite a day. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, yeah, the only thing I have to say is I'm I'm thinking about uh, starting to tinker with the uh, electric Heinkel some more. And uh, so oh yeah, what's going on with that? I, it's been sitting aside while I've been working on other things, but uh, I think yeah. I'm ready to to start uh, moving forward with that maybe this week. Well, we'll yeah. see. So my question to you now is that the same bodywork as your current one, or is that the earlier bodywork? That is the earlier bodywork. That's that. So it's 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 more shoe-like and less Flash Gordon. Yes, exactly. Okay, <laughs> very good. <laughs> Looks like a giant brogue going down the road. It's an, an upside-down bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the That's one awesome. that you got a zero FX. Mm-hmm. That had been wrecked yep. with no hours on it at all, no miles on it. Uh, there's about 11,000 miles or something like that, I think. Oh, so, I think it was lower than that, wasn't it? But anyway, it's a very yeah. low mileage thing. Mm -hmm. And you're cutting down the drivetrain. Yep. And um, aside from the fact that you won't be able to hear it, <laughs> will there be any outside clues that, in fact, it's got electric propulsion? Um, <clears throat> not that it's that it'll have electric propulsion necessarily. It, it won't be very visible from the outside. Um, but the 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 wheel is a a spoked wheel, so it will look very different from the original. Uh, what at least what's poking out from underneath the bodywork. Nice. Um, and it'll have a a motorcycle style swing arm rather than the original Heinkel swing arm, which will be very different. Um, <clears throat> I'm still trying to figure out the front suspension, so I'm gonna stay with the stock for now um but i do want to work work out something that would be a more modern style suspension that i could adapt at least the ends of the uh, the zero forks to possibly and you um, know you so. could um i mean the obvious choice would be to go something like a bergman which possibly. is 41 millimeters um mm -hmm. and it's cartridge fork mm -hmm. even though they very short yeah twin disc yeah and Bergman stopped pretty damn well. Well, what, I, what I'd like to do, though, is I want to use the Zero Front Hub because it's got the ABS sensor on it. And I've laced the Zero Hub to a, uh, a smaller scooter-sized front wheel. <clears throat> so I want to see if I can adapt that to a front fork, uh, whether it's using the, the, the lowers off of the, the Zero or something else that I could fit the Zero axle onto. I don't know, but I, I've got to do some experimentation with that. So, so, so my question to you, it's a, it's a trailing axle front fork on the Heinkel, correct? The, well, my, my 65 is. The other one is a telescopic front fork. Oh, it's just a telescopic. Mm -hmm. How long are they? Are they very short? They're or? fairly short. Um, so it, it ends at the bottom triple tree. There's no yes. top triple tree. Yep, it just has a bottom triple tree that they mount into and are, are clamped down on. Bergman. Yeah, could be. Bergman, definitely. Yeah. Oh, okay. yes. I'll and you've got that, that big, like, fireman's helmet-shaped front fender. And yep. you can hide a lot under there. Exactly. So there's Make a lot of room. lightning bolts on it. That way, at least they'll know it's some sort of... <laughs> 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 I'll put it... Ah! Uh, what are those, uh, what are those little, yeah, little lightning generators on the back yeah, <laughs> instead of sissy bars? <laughs> well, well the, uh, the Trident project is, is also gathering steam. I've got the back wheel laced up with... Cool. Um, I'm running Super Motard wheels and tires on it. 17s? Oh, wow. What's that? 17s? 17s. Nice. With a 150 on the back and a 110, no, 120, 70 on the front. Oh, yeah, you can say, it's a, 
that's modern selections of tires. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, and I'm using three and a half inch. You know, slight deviation. I'm using a three and a half inch rim on the front and the same on the back because there's only so much real estate in the back. I'd love to have put a yeah. four and a half in the back, but I just haven't got the room for it. But it'll look all right. Yeah, I think it'll look. I think it'll and look. then um, it's got nice burly 41 millimeters off a katana. Uh -huh. And... Um, um, I chose the Katana. It's very, very simple. They're everywhere. The cheapest chips, and I'm putting gold valves in it, so it'll actually damp oh. pretty well. Yeah. Um, cool. Using twin discs again from a Katana, and um, trying to use as much. You know, I'm going. I'm trying to do a seamless blend between the Triumph and the Katana. So hopefully, when I've finished, it won't look as gruesome as it sounds. Rather so, than say, oh, that's a Triumph with a Katana front end on it. Or right, right, yeah. It's kind of an amalgamation of both, but done in a nice, seamless way. I got a question for you. Like, with all the parts in your garage, could you build another motorcycle if you wanted to? Just I, could build, I could build three. Nice. <laughs> no, I could build – it'd be ugly as shit, though. Yeah. I mean, it'd be like – what was that Johnny Cash song about the Cadillac? Oh, piece at yeah. a time? Yeah, that's what yeah. it looked like. No, you, you know? should just like do the. But it, it, no, it'd be like triplets, and each yeah. one would be uglier than the next. So by the time you got to the last one, <laughs> oh. you wouldn't be able to go out in public with it because like yeah. that, that children would run and hide under their mother's skirts, and you old people would have heart attacks just <laughs> looking at it. This if, is if the, there's ever, say, if there's ever another dirt bag, you've got to build one of those. Yeah, well, this would be the the Boone off the shelf build. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's I've accumulated because you know, I like to think I'm fairly good at working on bikes, but oftentimes I get quite excited when I buy parts. Yeah. So I'll just buy something and realize it's completely fucking useless. Mm. So I'll just chuck it in the garage because I've got the heart to throw it away because I just gave yeah. somebody 20 bucks on eBay with it. Yeah. yeah. So, um So you're hoarding things. So I don't see it as hoarding though. <laughs> You know, it's it, spare parts. Preserving. Accumulate. Yeah, spare parts. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, yes. Nock. Spare parts. So, yeah, I mean, I could I could build some pretty friggin' butt-ugly bikes out of it. You should totally do it. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it'd be like, it'd be something like a Honda 900 with a Triumph Tiger Cub front end or something ridiculous Perfect. like that. <laughs> 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 to the next Willy Wonka parade, whatever. It, is. it would definitely be a Willy Wonka bike. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but nice. yeah, okay. Challenge, challenge accepted, but right. I need to finish. <laughs> I need to finish my Trident first. Yeah. And then we'll see how that turns out. Um, right, cool. And God help me, I'm doing it in purple because it was a factory purple bike. All right. And the <laughs> Triumph the Triumph Purple for 72 is not for the faint of heart. It yeah. is a very 1972 color. Nice. Peppermint wheels. What's that? Peppermint wheels. Not quite. <laughs> a diamond car with kaleidoscope wheels. 100%. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so I think that's it. We've yacked on, you know, it's... it's yeah. Thank you for putting yeah. up with us. Um, it's sorry, it's a short, shortened show, guys. But you know, it's it's been a short week, and uh, there's a lot of things going on. Um, Skeleton staff. Yeah. Um, so if you want, uh, you can find us at motorcyclesofmisfits.com. And Love you guys. 
and just email us from there. You'll find the link. You'll figure it out. You've, you've done this before. We've all done this before. We've all done this before. And if you haven't checked out Misfits and Motorcycles, that's yes. M-I-S-S, F-I-T-S and Motorcycles, please do so. I mean, we've, on, we've done on about... YouTube. On On the tube of use. Yes. Um. Yeah, we've done about five now, and we are going to be doing some more. But, of course, Liza's gone on holiday. Blast her. Yeah. So um, we'll, do, we'll do one with her little Kawasaki and talk about that. Um, always open to suggestions. As you figured out, I can talk about bloody anything. Yeah. For hours on end. So, um, yeah, send us your suggestions, and we'll be happy to accommodate you. Yeah. Yes. I have a final question for you, Bagel. So oh, yes. how, many, how many bikes are you actually up to now that are running? Running, I have, I believe, four at the moment. Uh, three are street legal. Um, it, it might be street legal. I just haven't gotten any paperwork back yet. I have no idea what the hell they're doing. It's been two right. months. So. Okay, I, very good. Is mine. <laughs> and so the next one is going to be the Passport slash CT110 hybrid. Yeah. Yeah, I want to start tinkering tinkering with that soon and see what I can do with that. You know, I think because it's going to be red, it's going to be white, it's going to be blue. Yeah. It's going to look like like the French flag. Yeah, like you put like like stars and stuff all over it or something. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. And and please forgive me, that that was actually my phone, so I'm the guilty one. Yeah. All right. So. I, guess, uh, I guess, should we just start getting our ways out of here? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. See ya. Check us out on MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. Check out Misfits and Motorcycles on, on YouTube. And who are you? I am Knock, and who are you? Miss Emma Darling. And who's that guy? Who's that handsome 48-year-old man there? Mm, bagel. And <laughs> we are out of here. Cool. 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 cool.